This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Welcome, race fans, to the award-winning Speedway Show, doing it in the dirt here at NPR, and it is a very special show with the Brisker F1 Stock Car Championship of the World. We have the reigning, defending world champion on the show, Tom Harris, but to kick it all off, I'm going to talk to my new friend, the face of Off The Track, which is a British uh, stock car show that you can find on Facebook. We'll put the link up. I'm going to talk to my friend, Jono. Jonathan Abbott about the grid and the world championship happening this Saturday night or Sunday morning New Zealand time at Bradford Raceway in the UK. So let's cross over now and talk to Jonathan about the big race. Well, as we uh, mentioned, it is world final weekend um, coming up this weekend in England. And um, yeah, there's quite a few of us Kiwi fans that are quite excited about it and um, look forward to it each year, um, be it looking on Facebook and waiting for the results to come through, all those vital videos and things like that. And um, I was sort of looking through who I could talk to about the world final. That wasn't a driver. Um, and I thought, you know, there's this guy who basically does what we do here, doing it in the dirt, only slightly different. And um, he seems a bit of an expert. So I um, I got given a name, Jonathan Abbott, and um, I've got Jonathan on the, on the line. Jono, how are you going, mate? Well, thank you very much. Thank you ever so much for asking me, me to do it. I don't think I'm an expert, though. I just like talking about stock cars. That's it. <laughs> it's all right. I'm exactly the same, mate. I'm exactly the same. And um, even through in a bit of that, uh, we've, we've already got the Kiwi shortened to Jono there, so uh, we've got Jono yeah. on the line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's fine. We'll go with that. That's the one. Hey, mate, it's world final coming up. Um, we're obviously Friday night New Zealand here, and we're, we're amped. Well, so you guys are Friday morning over there. Um tonight over there for you guys it's the overseas racing but um it's all about saturday and the world final for for uk racing and um you know, we have the new zealand superstock champs uh, all the other classes just like you guys we have team champs but really i think just from being there the british f1 world championship is absolute pinnacle yeah, you're not wrong. It is, is the focal point of, of the stock car season for, for every driver, for every race fan. And I think that it brings everyone together. It's, it's an incredible atmosphere. And it all hinges on that one race and those 30 laps. And it's just the anticipation, the excitement that, that goes into the build-up of it and then the race itself. And, and you get this new world champion at the end. And it's, um, it, it's an incredible occasion. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly very much looking forward to, to this Saturday. Exactly right. So... You just mentioned there, it, it's all on this one race. Now, in New Zealand, we um, we turn up on a, on a Friday night generally and we have qualifying. There's normally like 100-odd cars turn up in the Superstock or 200-odd in the stock car ranks. Um, we have our groups, our three heats. We get the top so many and then we come again on Saturday night with the top 26 and we do it all again, three more heats, and we get our new one, two, and three in New Zealand. It's yeah. very much different for you guys with the world final. It's sort of qualifying sort of happens across the year and then you have semi-finals and final yeah so that's absolutely right so throughout the course of the season certain meetings are designated as world championship qualifying rounds uh, drivers score points to qualify 
for two semi-finals. So you've got the top 48 point scorers uh, split into two semi-finals, so two 24-car races. They're usually held at different venues. Um, and the top 10, this year, the top 12 drivers in those two races progressed to the world final grid. So, yeah, it's kind of almost a season-long championship with a one-off race uh, to be crowned the gold roof. So, yeah. Yeah, so normally, like you said, just the top 10 this year, the top 12, I guess, um, that takes out the four Kiwis that normally come over because the Dutch are still coming over and they bring about ten, eight or 10 drivers or something qualify. Yeah, obviously disappointing that, you know, that, you know, the guys from New Zealand aren't, aren't coming over to race this year. And, you know, because you also, it's not just about final weekends, so only two or three meetings either side as well. Mm. It kind of brings something different to British stock car racing. So, yes, without the New Zealand entrance, they've, they've increased the number of British drivers that can qualify to 12 so, to make the grid up to 36 cars. So this year, um, it looks like Tom Harris was the, the top qualifier overall. And then he actually gets to choose which um, track he wants this, this. Well, there's obviously two tracks for semifinals that are already yes. decided beforehand. But he gets yeah. to choose which of the two um, he goes to. And Correct. then is it what, one, three, five, the odds go to one and the evens to the other or something like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's how it works. Yeah. So Tom, as top point scorer for the, over the qualifying rounds, he gets to choose where he wants his semifinal. So it's preferred circuits. And um, I think Tom this year chose to go to Skegness, which is Tomac. Uh, most people thought he would go to the, the Kings Lynn semifinal, which is Shell. And, you know, Tom has been, you know, the absolute stand-up performer on Shale this year and last. So people were quite surprised that he didn't go to uh, to, to Kings Lynn, uh, but went to went to Skegness on tarmac and, and won. So made the right choice ultimately. He's on inside pole for, for the world final on Saturday. Yeah, because again, then um, the winner of each semi-final, they start off the front row, but they toss a coin or something. And whoever wins the coin toss decides whether they start yeah. on pole or the outside or something like that. Yeah, absolutely correct. So uh, Tom and Craig Finnegan, um, you know, flip the coin. Tom, Tom won the coin toss. Uh, coin toss, sorry, and and chose inside pole. And um, I was chatting to Tom the other day about um, about Bradford and saying that actually a lot of the grip is on on the outside um, at Bradford and why he'd chosen the inside pole. And it was actually because he's defending more champion and that's he's on P one, so that's why he'd gone there. Maybe the outside would be better from a from a race point of view, but being on the inside pole, that's where the the current reigning world champion wants to be. So yeah, absolutely. I think from memory, it, it, when he um, when they had the coin toss for Kingsland, obviously Tom was in um, USA at the time, and I think Frankie won the coin toss. And there had been so much hype and talk around the outside at Kingsland. Um, I think Tom may have even bluffed him, and and Frankie yes. won the toss, picked the outside, and Tom sort of said, "Well, <laughs> I was going to pick the inside anyway," sort of thing. So he <laughs> says, but um, it, it's it's absolutely awesome how there's it's mind games, right? Even yeah throughout yeah. the year and then through right up a coin toss basically decides could decide the world final in some sense yeah, yeah absolutely and i think you mentioned the mind games i mean these guys at the top of the sport in stock cars take it very very seriously and they're hugely competitive and i guess you know can they get a one up on their competitor by by playing a few games like that maybe yep. and clearly it is yeah exactly right now looking at the grid um obviously 18 rows 36 cars um you know, 10 Dutch drivers or something like that, I, I think I counted. Now, yes. um, what have we got here? Seven former world champions amongst those 36 cars. And, of course, um, headed by John Lund, the king, eight-time world champion. Um, yeah. Now, he came through the, the Constellation semifinal, the last chance. So you have your two semifinals he missed out, so they have their last chance. But, like, we have a repercharge over here. 
and he qualified yeah. through that. Um, I was there on the sec- on, on the world final night at Kings Lynn when he came into the arena um, and the crowd just erupted and he wasn't even in the world final. I could only imagine what it was like when he qualified through that repercharge semi. Yeah, no, I was at Sheffield that day um, and you couldn't have scripted an almost better one too in that, in that consolation semi-final. So only the top two go through and they were your non-qualifiers from the, from the semi-final. You got Frank Raymond Jr. first, John Lund second. Um, the, the crowd, it, it, no other driver generates that level of response from a crowd like John Lund does. It's just incredible. And, I, you know, I'm looking forward to Bradford World Final. I'm, I'm probably looking forward more to John Lund coming out and doing his parade lap. It's just going to give me goosebumps. I can feel it now just talking about it. The hairs in the back of your neck are going to stand up because the crowd just love him. And how can you not? He's an absolute legend in brisk and stock car racing. There's no other word that you can use to describe the man. But it's incredible that he's in it. I'm sure it's going to put a few hundred more people on seats in, come Saturday because people want to see John Lund in a world final. Yep, exactly. And I think um, I was talking to, to mate Billows. Um, of course, his dad has a little bit to do with Lundy. And I think it was his 33rd world final he's going to be lining up in or something like that. And he actually won the last um, world final that was held at Bradford 97 from what I think yeah. I'd done the homework. So yes. absolutely special to have him on the grid. And then, like you said, um, you know, next of, of the world finalists that are in the final, um, Frankie's the next on the list of three world titles. And again, just obviously started off the front row of the semi. What went wrong for Frankie? Because he had to do it the hard way from the back of the, the constellation. Yeah, so I think it was the biggest surprise out of all the semi-finals that, that Frankie didn't qualify. Mechanical uh, issues on the night prevented him from getting through. He pulled off towards the end of the race. Um and, you know, concentrated semi-final, drove a really, con- you know, composed race. I spoke to Frankie afterwards, we interviewed him in the pits, and he was he was really quite emotional. Um, he wanted to be in that world final. Uh, he wanted to be back at Bradford in the world final. But I think also because it was him and John that were going through from the consolation semi-final, he, he said that he was watching in his mirrors, like willing John Lundon to, to qualify, you know, and to follow him through. And, um, yeah, he, he's, he's overjoyed. He's, he's very clear that he thinks he can win it from the back. You know, his, his, his attitude to it is, I'm either going to crash or I'm going to win. Yep. Um, he's got a good chance at Bradford. You know, we've seen the meetings there this year. There's been quite a lot of incidents. Uh, you've got 36 cars on the grid, a couple of yellow flag race cautions, and Frankie could be up there. It's it's not without possibility. Well, I think um, when we were over for World Final, one of our boys, um, William, he started uh, right at the very back of the of the yep. grid, and uh, he finished ninth. So, yes. um, you know, I, I'm nothing against William, but a driver like Frankie, who does it every week, um, no. There's no doubt he could he could definitely probably win the final from the back. Yeah, he's he's one of the best drivers at, at getting through traffic. You know, it's going to be a very busy race. It's going to be a very long race, and you know he, he can get through that traffic. You know, the, the, the phrase knife through butter, if you like. But yeah, I think Frank is good. He's going to you know do very well or, or crash very big. One of the two. <laughs> well, whichever it'll be brilliant to watch. So. Oh, too right, too right. And then of course we've got Paul Harrison, Lee Fairhurst, um, Craig Finnegan, Nigel Green. They're all um, world champions on the grid. And then, of course, Tom Harris, the two-time defending world champion. Um, it's it's great, obviously, having a grid with plenty of previous champions in it to bring the, the prestige up in the, in the title. Yeah, um, and I think it is. It's the, it's the main title in the sport, isn't it? You've got, and the names you've said there, you've got ex-world champions, you've got uh, you know drivers at the top of the sport, all within that cluster, all can, can take the race to Tom because people are suggesting... That, that it's Tom's race to lose and 
you know, Tom is, he, he has been very fast on shell. You know, around Bradford a couple of weeks ago, nobody could really get near him. Um, you know, these drivers know that, and it's a stock car race, isn't it? So that's what the bumper's there for, and <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very busy, um, you know. But it's, it's great to have those guys in and around Tom, and it's going to make a race of it, absolutely. Yep. And then looking at um, the female side of things, now, obviously, in New Zealand, we, we've got uh, Rebecca Barr. I'm not sure if you've heard of Rebecca Barr. She's yeah. um, Graham Barr. You would have known probably him when he used to race in the UK at the time. But um, Bex is doing absolutely phenomenal things in the Superstock class. There's plenty of other female talent coming through. But you guys have your own female talent. And, and I know there's more than just these two. But Phoebe yeah. Wayman and Catherine Harris, um, the first time since 1995 that two females have been in the world final. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, stock car racing, be it in New Zealand or, or, or England, is just a brutal sport, isn't it? It's, it's, it's traditionally male-dominated. It's fantastic that you've got females in there yep. and, and, and doing and holding their own. And to have two on the world final is, is absolutely fantastic and what a great advert for, for the sport. You know, Phoebe drove a fantastic semi-final at Kingston, probably one of the, you know, the best drivers of her career so far. And she's, she's in a decent place on that grid. Catherine Harris... Um, started Formula One this year, new to Shale, raced the last Bradford, looked good. So both both capable of, of scoring a decent result at Bradford on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's what I was just going to say. You know, Catherine's only sort of um, I've only seen her venture, venture on tarmac and to qualify. Yes. Um, not only just for the semi final because that must be hard work alone just to to make the top forty eight when you're only doing one one um, yeah. um track, one former track, one surface. Sorry. Um, but to make the actual final is, is great. And, of course, then it adds, you know, you've got um, siblings, the likes, you know, now Tom and Catherine are out there together, um, Frankie and Danny, and then, I mean, Wayman Racing in some sense have five cars with Frankie. You've got Danny, you've yeah. got Ted, you've got Phoebe and, and Carl, you know, the five of them all out there together. Um, you've got Ryan Harrison out there. You've got, you know... Um, one of my very favourites, Paul Hines. I I, I, um, I don't know what, I've, I got to meet him when I was over there and Paul is just a great guy. I love his antics on, on Facebook and things like that. Yeah. And Matt Newson, you know, he's he's um, he was great to the Kiwi lads when we went over there. There's just some great names and that sibling rivalry and, and relations out there too. Yeah, there's, there's so you know, you look at the grid and, and like you've articulated, there's so many kind of backstories that sit behind those names and, you, know, you you can pick out any as uh, and talk about them. You know, you mentioned Matt Newsom. I mean, Matt's probably one of the most unluckiest guys in Formula One stock car racing. And yeah. you know, how many second places has he got in major championships? Yet he's starting a bit further back this year in a championship race. Is that going to go in his favour? It removes that pressure on his shoulders. So could he come through and and, and do something from? Yeah, you know, he's starting quite you know row ten, I think he is on. But he could do something from there. You've got Paul Hines. You know, not noted for using the front bumper, but. Actually, if stuff happens in front of it, and he's quick enough on his day, can he come through and, and, and do something on Saturday? So the, yeah. the, the possibilities are absolutely endless. We could sit here all day going, well, this could happen, this could happen. It's, and that's what makes it such a brilliant... You just don't know. It's not the other Formula 1 where usually the guy on pole just wins it. Yep. So much can happen on Saturday. Yep, exactly. And and also, you mentioned the other Formula 1, at least if it rains this weekend, you're going to get more than two laps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, looking at the field too, um, over half the field actually, 17 drivers over half the field have raced here in New Zealand, which is really cool for us Kiwis to um, to feel like we've got that connection back to this championship to, you know, um, a lot of us 
do follow it quite quite good. I mean, a lot of the the drivers, um, the drivers, sorry, the the fans in there over here will just obviously watch the World Two Forties, and that's as far as their their knowledge of the Poms go. Um, but it's it's great. Over half the field have raced here in New Zealand. Didn't realise that. I knew I knew obviously quite a lot have, um, and I think for some drivers, it obviously racing in New Zealand helps their racing. Uh, in England, Bobby Griffin certainly cited that to me when we spoke a while ago around racing in New Zealand actually really, really helped him when it came back to racing in England. Just the way yep. that you guys race, the level of aggression. That, and, it, and you know, Bobby's, we mentioned Bobby Griffin. It, it could be his on Saturday. Really could. He's, he's, he's got a lot, a lot of noise around Bobby, I'm sure, because he sat right behind Tom. You know, people are expecting Bobby to do something with Tom. Bobby's not afraid of that. He's, he's, a, he's an aggressive driver and he's, he's really coming into form as, as the season's progressed. So he could be a man. He's not afraid of a stock car race, is Bobby. You, you, you literally, we were talking off air and you said about answering some of these questions. That was going to be one of my questions because Bobby G, we love Bobby G and and, and he's great with the, the British Lions and um, great at the Railway After Team Champs as well, must say, <laughs> which is at one of the local pubs. But um, yeah, how, how I mean, He's on row two. He's inside row two. He's behind Tom. He's yeah. obviously had an absolute great season to to get through to where he is on the world final grid because it, you know he's he's come leaps and bounds in the last few years by the looks of on paper obviously because we don't see too much yeah. but on paper it looks like he's just shot up the ranks. Yeah. So 2019, I think Bobby really came to prominence, you know, in, in the UK in the shootout series, which is our race for the silver roof. It kind of a mini series that comes after the world final. You know, he took it to Tom in that, you know, Bobby could have won the, the silver roof that year. Um, and he, he really got involved and I think made people sit up and take notice of him. And he's, he's knocking on that door of the, the really elites in the sport, the likes of Frank Raymond Jr., Ryan Harrison, Tom Harris. He's, he's knocking on that door. He's, he's amongst them and he's there. So, I think that could this be Bobby's year? Absolutely, but certainly not this year. In the coming years, it's going to be one of the, the strongest drivers in the sport. I think. Yep, definitely. That that's exactly what we're we're hoping for. Anyway, you know, like I said to you, we we like uh, all the Poms, all the all the British drivers, but definitely Bobby is just a. There's something about his antics. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the um, thing is, it just it's not afraid to get. I think people like somebody's not afraid to get involved in a stock car race, you know, and, and do yep. it fairly and do it right, but. Um, you know, Kings Lynn, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, he, he took Frankie William Jr. into a tyre. You know, I mean, I don't think it was deliberate, but, you know, they were fighting for the track position. Bobby wasn't giving Frankie the room and, you know, Frankie at the tyre on the infield. And um, it's just that kind of, you know, he's very determined. Yep, definitely. Now, no one since uh, back to Andy Smith and, well, 10 years ago, 2009, 2010, has won it back to back. What sort of the, the I mean, it's it's anyone's race, but... The odds on that happening for Tom, you know, it must show that it's pretty, pretty slim. I don't know. I think, I think a lot's going to happen at the start of the race. I think it all depends how wet the track is. I think it all depends on what happens, what people decide to do behind Tom. If Tom gets a start, he's, he's got the speed. He's got an open track in front of him. He's not getting any traffic to come through. And like I say, the last Bradford uh, two weeks ago, he was uh, on an open track. He was rapid. Nobody was getting anywhere near him. And I think that that's the real danger come Saturday for, for his competitors if Tom gets away. Um, but you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Just just quickly on that then, like if he gets away and, and they, they start to spread out a bit and obviously he's catching lap traffic. Now, lap traffic, they, they don't have to let him through. But what's no. sort of the rule once he gets past the lap cars? Can the lap cars start 
you know, right, oh, Tom's in the lead. We don't want Tom to win. Can the, the lap cars start taking him out? Like in New Zealand, that's what we want them to do, and that's what they're allowed to do and supposed to do. But it's a little yeah. bit different over there slightly. Or, or it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like an unwritten so think, rule or something, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's an, it's an unwritten rule. So I think it's it's almost like it's, it's bad form if you took somebody out when you're a lap down and they're leading a race. That's that's really bad form. I don't <laughs> think it would go down particularly well. Maybe in some quarters it would. People don't want Tom to win. But I think overall it's, it's not really our kind of stock car racing. No, no, yeah. you're right. Yeah, so I mean, and, and I'm not just applying that to Tom, too. That's anyone. I just, just, yeah. I don't think a lot of the Kiwis sort of get that, that um, it doesn't happen as much. And that's one thing I kind of struggled with over there is, is um, yeah, there's, I wouldn't call it blocking, but, you know, they're off the end of the straight punts and things like that to a, to a yeah. lead car. Yeah. Um, no, it's, not, it's like we like queuing, don't we? Just mean we queue. We like queuing standing in queues. We just kind of it's it's what we do, and I think it's the same principle, isn't it? We don't we don't take out that, uh, the lead car if you're lapped down. It's just what we do. Yep, yep, yeah. Whereas we just jump the line, you know. If, if we're hungry, <laughs> we need we need a feed, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the rest, how's the how's the rest of the season sort of gone? I mean, like um, Ryan Harrison is the British champion. He won that back in I think June, something like that. Took that one off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ryan's been uh, been really good this year, and I think that you know Ryan's got the talent, he's got the equipment to to take it to Tom on Saturday and, and to be up there in the sport. I think you know Ryan doesn't tend to race as much, um, and quite rightly, you know it's it's a hobby at the end of the day. Um, but Ryan Ryan's had another strong season, um, and he's up there with with Tom Frankie. Wayne Junior, he he he's had loads of bad luck, you know, right at the beginning. Um, it, it was like he couldn't couldn't finish a race almost it was just bad luck after bad luck and you know, Frank's been around the sport forever and he's now getting some consistency and getting a bit you know getting the results getting the final wins again um it's been a good season it's been a great season so far it's great to be back back racing you know we started in May we didn't have fans in the pits to begin with because of the sort of Covid regulations um they're, they're allowed in, in the pits now so it feels very normal and we're, we're having a normal season almost um Car turnouts have been have been incredible. You know, there's a Skegness meeting just recently. Had 74 cars, you know, racing on tarmac. It's it's, it's really strong. The sport's really healthy. Lots of drivers coming in from other formulas. Lots of new drivers uh, coming into the sport. And it's it's just really really good at the moment. There's um, is it, there's a, a couple of twin brothers. I can't quite remember yeah. their names, but they seem to be setting the the, the formula on on fire a little bit. Yeah, so Lewis and Tyrone Evans came in from mini stocks last year. So we had, a, we had a, I think, 10 meetings last year, um, sort of mini series. Where we were allowed to, to run 10 meetings. They've come into Formula One uh, from minis. You know, they were absolutely standout performers in minis. Um, had a really good sort of mini season in 2020. Struggled a bit more this year, I think, as, as more and more drivers have, have, have raced. Um, and they're just finding the feet in the formula. I think they are absolutely stars for the future. They've got you know great equipment, sort of good backing behind them. So I think they are going to be ones to watch in the future. And they're dead young and they look the same as well. I, I don't know who I, I couldn't tell you them apart. They're, they're twins, they and they are absolute twins. Don't know Lewis and Tyrone. They need the names on the overalls or something because uh, <laughs> they're definitely two different people. Then they're not the same person. I, I tell you what. Jump on on Facebook and look up um, Hodge Brothers Racing here in New Zealand. Seth and yep. Cody, um, they're both I think seventeen, and they <clears throat> they used the Myers Motorsport. Scotty Myers, Jack Myers, they used the Myers Motorsport cars last year. They are exactly the same, mate. Identical. <laughs> I am very much thankful that their mum put their names on their overalls when I talked to them. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got the same boat. 
one of the, the I guess he's a he's a, to to me like we don't hear a lot about him on on the Facebook side of things as um, a quiet achiever, but he's actually a Grand Slam champion with his dad, Craig Finnegan. Now yeah. he started the year as European champion. Obviously, he's, he's dropped that. Tom's got that as well to add to his colourful wing. Um, yeah. But Craig Finnegan, he's starting grid two, and he finished yeah. third in the last world final. Yeah, so Craig's had a bit of a slow start to the season. Um, didn't do many meetings from the outset. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you what month he, he sort of started sort of racing um, on, a, on a more of a full-time basis, I guess, if you like. Um, but Craig's there. Craig's one of these that in any any race, he just appears as you know from nowhere it's like a stealth bomber he just he's just there you one minute is this, this craig's behind you know down down the order the next minute is at the business end of a race and i don't know how he gets there he, he's just there and craig's fast um and he and again he's not afraid to, to get involved in some stock car racing so i think craig is i don't think he's a dark horse for it because i think he's absolutely uh, got the pace to win um but craig's not a bad shout for saturday starting outside um, I think it's probably the beneficial. They had the V8 uh, hot stocks that you, that you raced in. Yep. Their gold roof two, two weekends ago at Bradford. And the guy on the outside front, he just got the drive going into turn one and then just drove away from the from the field because he'd got the grip on the outside. So I asked Tom about that, whether he was worried. Uh, Tom didn't let on he was, but I think Craig's in a really good starting position come Saturday. Sweet. And of course, right behind him, Lee Fairhurst, who, um, again, has um, strong connections to, to New Zealand with the Lintons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lee's been there and done it. He won the he won the gold roof before, starting you know absolute dead last on the world final grid at Stirling. Yeah, he did. Um, so Lee's Lee's won the we had a rainbow roof championship. Lee, Lee did really well in that. He you know, won that this year at Bradford, first meeting of the season. He's probably stronger on Shale, I think, um, and certainly got the pace to, to do something on Saturday. Uh, and he knows what it's about. Lee, you know, he's and again, he's not not afraid to get involved and if he needs to. So. That's the one. And just mentioning that that rainbow roof, um, watching the results last year come through up the top end for quite some time, and he's un- to me unfortunately not in the world final. Mark Sargent, he just yes. seems like an absolute. Um, I wouldn't say lunatic, just a just a right character. Yeah, I, I, I really like Mark. I mean, I like everybody. I think Mark. Uh, you know, in his words, he likes acting clown, and I think he's not a clown at all. I think he. He gets the the crowd engagement and interaction with fans is a huge part of stock car racing, and, and he loves it. He's got that personality. He likes he likes being the showman. And he's his first reserve. He qualified thirds behind John Lund and Frank Raymond Jr. at the Constellation Semi Final at Sheffield. So his first reserve on the grid. We asked. He said he couldn't he couldn't take John Lund out because he'd never get out of the stadium alive if he did that at Sheffield. So he was quite happy with thirds. Um, he's got something special planned for the parade lap if if he's oh. if he's on the grid. So that's going to be quite good. But yeah, and we did uh, we recorded uh, the other day with Mark and Tom a sort of light-hearted look at the world final grid. So that goes out our time tonight. I think people enjoy that. The the, the two drivers very much um, make fun of some of their competitors on the grid. So that that be quite entertaining for people to watch. But yeah, Mark Mark's a brilliant character in the sport, and you know, give something different. Absolutely. Yep. Is, is there? Is there? Because obviously, like as first reserve, he'll be there at the track with the car, and he yes. can be basically brought in right up to the the rolling lap, isn't it? Yeah, correct, absolutely. So um, I think if there was well, there was a talk around, if they didn't get enough Dutch in- Dutch entrance coming over, he'd be yep. able to take one of the, one of their spots. Um, looks like they're obviously all going to come over, which is brilliant. So I guess 
anybody else pulls out on the night, um, Mark's in there. I think he just wants the parade lap, to be fair. I don't think he's that bothered being in the race. He just wants to go out on the parade lap. That's all he wants to do. So uh, I think just make it happen for I think just, just yeah. make it happen for him. Eh? Put him in the parade lap because he can. Um, just quickly on the Dutch thing. Um, it's the first time I guess the Dutch have been over this year. Um, there's three that came over the last Bradford Sheffield weekend. Uh, Yellow Tesla, Nigel Tukok, and Mickey Ronitz. Uh, cool. They were they were really good. Um, you know the Dutch, you know historically have been stronger on tarmac, but their shale over recent years, their shell form over recent years is is improved, and they're on par with you know the British drivers. You know Nigel Tukok won a race at um, at Bradford. Yellow Tesla won a race at Sheffield. I mean Sheffield for those. I guess I don't know. It's post and rope fence. It's not an Armco fence. That that fence is not not unforgiving, and it's a tight track in Sheffield to go around there and win. At, you know, somewhere you've not really raced before is is incredible in my book. And he's going off of red as well, so he's beating the likes of Frank Raymond Jr. to, to take take a result. So some really strong Dutch drivers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So what is it quickly about um, Bradford that's so special? You know, like I, I went to Kingsland and I thought that was amazing. I was lucky to go to Buxton on the hill <laughs> and yeah. I don't know if it's lucky or not um, and I was lucky enough to go to Northampton for the the world um, the, the Masters the next day after world final but I thought Kings Inn was amazing but it seems that this Bradford is just the next level yeah um, it's like a, it's like an amphitheater it's um, it's like a, a coliseum and they've got the gladiators in it it's just it's just naturally built for this for such a big event so the track is at the is at the bottom of a bowl so you know your stands and your uh terrace and just kind of rise up from it and it's so you can say you know it's it's a huge huge place and it's like i say natural amphitheater for stop cars it's it's got massive capacity it's it's a it's a wonderful venue it's it's just it's just right for a, a massive event like the formula more final nice nice all right then um who's your top three on on saturday night so, so, it's, <laughs> so who do I th- what, my head or my heart? So, what's what's what, which one is it? Because my go head, your heart, go for your head, go for go for your heart, go for your heart. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd love to see John Lund win it. I'd, absolutely, I'm a huge John Lund fan, boyhood hero. Um, you know, I'd love to see John Lund win it. Franklin, Franklin Jr. can come second. You know, that's okay. Um, Bobby Griffin in third. You know, because he's having a great time of it. One for the future. So that's my heart, heart one. Yep. Um, if I was going to my head. You know, it's got to be. I can't see past Tom, but you know, uh, anything can happen. I can't say. Nice. Hey, Jonathan, Jono. <laughs> yes, it's thank been you. it's been um, awesome having you on. Um, just quickly, because like I said, we do doing in the dirt radio. Um, where can we find what you do the off the track? So yeah, so off track kind of sits under the BSCDA or their social media stuff. The BSCDA is the British Stock Car Drivers Association. So all what we do kind of sits under there. There's a, there's a sort of team of us, if you like, uh, a bit of a PR team going. Um, so you search BSCDA on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything's there. Um, and also everything's available on YouTube as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to have a look. There's some good stuff on there. It's really good. Wait, right. Well, I'm going to share some of those videos to our Doing the Dirt page so that people can see the yeah. uh, the face behind the voice that they're hearing tonight. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> hey, mate, look, this is great. And this technology is cool. So um, hopefully, I think we might do this again uh, in the future, mate. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Th- thanks so much for having me. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like a famous person. Today, <laughs> <so that's> cool. <laughs> no problem at all. We will we will uh, keep in touch, mate, and enjoy the world final. Cheers. Thank you very much.
We're going to take a real quick break here at Doing It In The Dirt on NPR and we'll be right back with the world champion, Tom Harris. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Righto, next up on Doing It In The Dirt, we've got um, what I believe is the first time on our show, a world champion, and that's current British F1 stock car world champion, Tom Harris. Tom, mate, it's um, it's good to have you on the show. This technology is amazing to be able to bring you in from uh, from the UK, only days out from the big world final, mate. Yeah, it's uh, it's good now. We've got Max's phone figured out and uh, got the baby watching Kokomel on my phone, so we're all good. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, we must have taught Max something pretty decent uh, before we we uh, we sent him home or deported him back to to the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's quite hard to teach Max anything. So uh, you must have, you must have done really good there. My brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Before before we get too much, then um, does he still talk about his uh, his podium at the best pairs in Palmy? He does he still go on and on about that? Yeah, he's, uh, he goes on about that after he's told me he's won the 2000 and whatever Mini Stock World Final. <laughs> I just quit listening. As soon as, he, as soon as he goes on about the Mini Stock World Final, I just quit listening. So I don't know what year it was, but he won the Mini Stock World Final. And then he's got a podium in the, the best pairs at Palmy. So, yeah, that's Max's racing career over and done with. <laughs> just a couple of trophies compared to what you've got. Um, right, so it's the big World Final coming up this weekend. Um, I was lucky enough to be over there when you won it in 2019 it's hard to believe two years you've had the gold roof now it's a it's a pretty unique situation isn't it yeah it's been pretty tough this whole covid deal um for everybody um i've um yeah obviously uh had the gold roof uh, longer than i should have done but i'd have really liked to defend it last year um but obviously it just wasn't to be with the situation we was in so yeah i'm really looking forward to saturday and um See how I go on and see if I can defend it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so what? Twenty thirteen, you won your first world title. How old were you back then when you won your first world title? Uh, now you're asking. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I don't know if I don't remember. I just don't want to mention it. <laughs> just, just a young buck, anyway. Um, yeah, twenty nineteen, obviously. Um, now you're looking to to make it to make it a third world title. I think only a few have, have done that. Um, last time the world title was held in in uh, Bradford. Um, 1997, and John Lund won his sixth title. Um, it's cool to have Lundy on the grid. Even it might be at the back, but it's cool to have a, a champion like him on the on the grid, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it's quite a thing actually. I've uh, I was actually at that world title, world final in uh, 1997. It was my dad's first year in F1 stock cars, and uh, he made the made the race in his first season. So I was there as a kid um, in the stands, and um, yeah, I remember the atmosphere then and. I'm sure it's going to be a great atmosphere on um, Saturday night. I've um, I just spoke to Steve Reese a couple of hours ago and asked that uh, John Lund has his parade lap on Friday because I think the roof's going to come off the place when John goes out there. <laughs> Too right, I think it will. Um, and then obviously you're starting off uh, pole position again. Uh, you want you start off pole in 2019 as well. 
how many how many times have you started off pole and, and totaled? Uh, only this is my second time. My, uh, Kings Inn in 2019 was my first first time of uh, starting off pole position. Um, to be honest, I were I I was going to pick the outside, but then defending world champion um, putting on pole position to defend your title. You know, you you can't do any better than that. So that is the reason I picked pole really. And uh, plus, I'll get to lead for a couple of laps anyway, won't I? The, uh, the rolling laps. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Because it works at, for the Kiwis that are listening. Well, it's a Kiwi show, so the Kiwis are listening. Um, it works a lot different to how we run our titles over here. Basically, you guys race all year. You have your national point series. But within those, you have, I guess, world final qualifiers um, and game points. And then you split to the two semifinals. I'm, I'm pretty certain I've got that right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we I think it's 12 world qualifying rounds across the season. Um, and then obviously the highest point scorer gets to choose which semi-final he wants to take part in. We have a, a tarmac and a share one. So the point winner at the end of the points, he gets to choose which semi he takes. And then obviously it's split from there. I think first and fourth go together and then second and third. And then it's split down the grid into two semi-finals. Then the top 10 from each semi-final go through obviously to the world championship in the grid position, whatever place you finish is what row you start, yep. except obviously rows 3, 6, 9 and 12 have the the overseas entrance in. Um, so it's a shame that we can't have any of you guys over you know, this year because mm. um, 2019, I only had four four of you guys and they were the only people on my side. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a great, great shame not to have any Kiwis over. Always a good laugh and um, good to have you guys over here. Um, yeah, it's it, this whole COVID thing's terrible, but hopefully we'll uh, get back to normality very, very soon. Yeah, yeah, I remember you mentioning that you had uh, four teammates out there in the in the final. Um, and, and so you chose Skegness for your semi final. So why why choose Tarmac when the world finals on shale? Um, basically, the whole idea was to debut my new car at the Kings and semi final. So obviously, I didn't want to debut a new car and be in the semi-final. Um, Luke obviously raced my current car, so that was the whole idea behind it. Plus, um, being a, a share world final, um, if it would have been a time at world final, I'd have put Catherine and Luke at Skegness um, and obviously then get a high qualifying position. That, you know, I'm sure they've done fantastic setting off at Skegness. And, uh, um, the, yeah, that's it. Yeah, sorry, that's ours. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. So I'm just ordering tea mate. now. <laughs> just ordering tea now. Um, yeah, so if it was a skeg, if it was a share world final, I would have put Catherine and Luke. Obviously, they only do tarmac, or they only did tarmac, and I'd have put them at Skegness. Obviously, to get them further up the grid. But obviously, the main idea behind it was to get my new car out there and see how it felt, because you know, with the intention of using it in the world final, really. Um, however, you know, work has to come first, and run out of time and all the little bits take forever um just didn't get it done in time and then uh, last week actually not last week before we took the engine out of the new car and put into my current shell car to go to bradford um it was actually cecil's idea to do that and we had a fantastic night heat and final coming through the pack in the grand national and um actually quite fortunate i was only supposed to do five laps to bed some tires in heat cycle some tires and pull off um, and I was enjoying myself that much. I kept going and uh, eventually it just packed up and um, we figured out the coil had gone. So we put a new coil on and um, gone right through the car. So hopefully we're ready for Saturday. So it was a, it was a bonus that you, uh, you, you disobeyed the team orders and, and kept, kept the foot down. 
<laughs> yeah, it was actually. Everyone was shouting at me because I, I bent a right rear wheel every race and um, we had these tyres rimmed up and all ready to go. Just give them a heat cycle and be ready to go for the world final and I bent the, <laughs> bent the right rear wheel. So I was getting cursed, but obviously it was a good job I kept going because, you know, that coil could have gone first corner of the world final. So um, let's just hope we've ironed that problem out and uh, we don't have any more mechanical gremlins on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, too right. So on the front row with you is Craig Finnegan. Um, he finished second at the world final last time out at Kingsland 2019. Um, so good to have, I guess, one and two from the previous off the front row. And then behind you, we've got uh, Bobby G, who's a, a big Kiwi favourite as well, and Lee Fairhurst. So um, a few familiar names up the front for the Kiwis. Paul, uh, Ryan Harrison, obviously the British champion now, and Danny are off uh, row four. So there's some, well, I mean, every every meeting, I guess, for you guys, there's some big names, but some quite familiar names to the Kiwis right up the front there. Um, and then Frankie down the back. So uh, the world final, it's it's well and truly wide open, isn't it, when it comes to these one-race oh, events? Absolutely, especially at a track like Bradford. It's it's so hard to pass at Bradford. Um, so I think backmarker traffic is going to be play a huge factor in the race. Um, you know, and going from Kingsland, we're in backmarker traffic within a couple of laps, so... You know, and you've only got like 25 laps in the race. So, um, but yeah, there's some big names up there. There's some uh, some guys that are not afraid to use the bumper. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a great race. The, the track, um, Steve and the team at Star Trek had um, put a lot, quite a lot of time and effort into the track for the last meeting there. And it was far better um, than it has been. You know, it's improved every time we've been. Um, it was a, a good racing surface last time. It did break through to Tarmac, but, you know, they're trying and you can't do any more than what they're doing. So the track was good. So And obviously it's a stacked grid. So, you know, Frankie and John Lund off the back, uh, I'm sure it'll be a fantastic race. Yeah, too, right. What What's it about Bradford that's so special? I mean, like, I, I mean, from a Kiwi's point, when I went to Kings Lynn, I thought that was that was sort of like one of the holy grails of racing. But I was completely wrong by the sounds of it because people were talking about so many other tracks. But Bradford seems to have made a return this year. Um, obviously, aside from the the Super League rugby league team playing there, it's, it just looks like an amazing place. Is there what's what's oh, so special and historic about it? Obviously, it held a lot of world finals back in the day. Obviously, before my time. Um, it's it's uh, an incredible stadium, you know. The facility is fantastic, um, and obviously it's made a comeback, which has made the headlines. And it's got so much hype around Bradford making a comeback. And um, yeah, you know, I never thought that in my era racing, I thought Bradford was done. You know, it was finished, and that we'd never go back there. But they managed to get, you know, like I say, you, hats off to everybody involved in, in getting us another shell track over here because. They seem to be slipping away fast. So um, it's good to have another track back. You know, obviously from its historic nature back in the day, you know, you, you've got some really good world finals from back there, you know, back in the day at Bradford. So, um, you know, I never thought I'd get to race there, let alone uh, defend a world title there, you know, south the front row. So, um, yeah, it has got a lot of hype and I, I'm sure that the race will, um, you know, live up to all the expectations. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And and uh, looking at the rest of your wing heading into that world final, obviously uh, you lost the British earlier this year, but then you managed to win the Euros. So you replaced uh, the, the black and white checkers for um, yellow and red checkers. And then obviously you still got the silver on there as well. Um, you didn't need that rainbow wing last year. You've, you've got your own little rainbow going on there, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I've had a, a fantastic, um, you know, from... 2019 was fantastic 
2020, I, I probably didn't put the effort in. I, I should have done. Um, I bought a house and that kind of took priority. Obviously, having a little girl, that was um, a massive part of my life and a, a life-changing experience. Um, so, yeah, kind of racing's kind of like looked at a different aspect by myself now. Um, but, yeah, I've uh, 2019 was fantastic and I'm having a, you know, I'm having a good run on points-wise. I've not had as many wins as I'd like this year, but doing fantastic in the points. Um, so, yeah, let's just um, see how we go on Saturday. And I'm really up for it, actually. And, I'm, you know, I'm really up for a good race. So, um, I, I do hope it's a boring race and I get away at the start and I can just cruise to victory. But <laughs> that never happens in stock car racing. So, um, I, I hope it is a good race for the fans. You know, the, uh, the fans have put a lot of effort into Bradford as well as Steve and the Star Trek team. So I hope it's a good race for those guys, um, as well as Briscoe Stock Cars. Um, you know, in the BSD and everybody behind it, I, I really hope it's a good race and everyone enjoys it. Yeah, watching watching clips from um, the last World Final, you were saying the same, you know, you it just seems to be, um, well, it's probably every driver in World Finals, you just get absolutely pumped up for it and, and, and ready to go and psyched up for it. Um, you mentioned your, your daughter there now, you know, what's it what's it mean now racing in front of her and, and I guess not just putting a show on for the fans and getting the results for you and, and the team, but for your daughter now too, she, she love it, she get into it? Yeah, she absolutely loves it. You know, I, I posted a picture on Facebook and Instagram a couple of weeks ago from after the last Bradford. Um, you know, I don't know, three or four years ago, if I won heat and final, I'd be absolutely buzzing. You know, I'd be like hysterical for weeks. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't know, it means it's different now. Um, not that I wasn't pumped up and excited about it because I was, but then I see those pictures that a guy, you know, Ian Bannister, the photographer, took and sent to me on, on Monday see this picture of her holding the trophy and, you know, that kind of brings it all home. That, you know, means the world to me now, you know, seeing her and believe me, nobody was going to get that trophy away from her. She was holding on that real tight. And yeah, that's, that's what I look for now. And, you know, all the fans are great with Heidi as well. They, you know, they all come and say hi to her. And to be honest, I don't know who some of the people are and come and know her name. You know, it, it must be kind of weird for a 19 month old to have all these people coming and speaking to her. So, but yeah, it's great. You know, the stock community is a great community, and um, like I say, it's a racing family. So um, it's great for her to grow up with all these people, you know, great people around her. Yeah, too right, too right. And um, your sister's in the world final, Catherine. It's her first full time season in the F one, if I'm right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, she um, she raced hot stocks for a couple of years, and yeah. then they changed the rules quite a bit, and they were going to end up paying to race. So we figured it out, and it was going to be, you know probably cheaper to run an F1 with the prize money and the start money and stuff you get. So um, she's gone on the F1 and she's had a fantastic season. You know, mm. you couldn't ask for any more. You know, she's got to red grade, only racing one surface. She only raced tarmac. And then um, Nasty Big Brother put her into a Shale World Final. Due thanks to Paul Press for loaning Catherine the car. And um, yeah, she had a fantastic run at Kingsland. Managed to um, qualify in the semi-final. And uh, yeah, she's on the grid for the the world championship in her first season so um you know you when you start and we've all been there and you know i've been there and not made it and it's so disappointing so to make it in a first year is fantastic yeah and i think there's three girls on the on the grid i think phoebe well phoebe's in there and is uh there's another another female somewhere amongst it yeah um i think there's only the two in the world championship but actually where um uh, she's been doing real good they had um 
in a final at Skegness. I think they three girls in the top ten of a final at Skegness. So that was a fantastic thing to to see. But Phoebe had a good run at um, Kings Lynn in the world final, in the semi final. Sorry, she uh, she got to seven. I think she got seventh in the end. So yeah, she had a fantastic run. Sweet, good to see uh, the woman sort of you know like we're building. It would be fantastic and... for you know. Joking aside, if one of them could uh, pull the deal off on Saturday, it would be a fantastic result to see uh, a girl, you know, in such a male-dominated sport. Yep. Um, you know, for a girl to win that would be unbelievable. It's oh, brilliant we... that two of them have got on the grid, you know, so to win it would be fantastic. Yeah, we've seen uh, we've seen how both of them drive, obviously, over here, and, and they're both just absolutely on pace. Um, when when Catherine isn't uh, wrecking jobbing superstocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, just quickly, um, world final aside, obviously the uh, the USA venture has been on hold for a fair bit, um, but you've had a bit of fun over there over the last couple of years. Keith Coon's motorsport team with the Chili Bowl, uh, you know, the likes of Rico, um, Avru, and obviously former New Zealand sprint car champion Buddy Copoid as, as teammates and, and things like that. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic to be part of, you know, um, the whole COVID deal, I've missed out on so much racing mm. um, in America. You know, we, we had it figured we were going to go run with Keith in Arizona and California um, in building up to get seat time before the Chili Bowl, uh, obviously, but we haven't been able to go at all until, you know, because of the whole COVID situation. So not only do we miss Arizona, California, uh, Midget Week, we miss Midget Week, we miss Sprint Week with Sprint Cars, Kokomo Smackdown, obviously we miss the Knoxville Nationals, uh, Kings Royal Aldora again. Um, we've been trying to book to go to the World Finals at Charlotte in November, but we can't even, you know, we can now leave the UK, but they won't let us in at you know, the US borders. So um, I don't know how long it's going to be before we get out there, but it would be nice to go and run a midget, um, you know, later part of the year if we can in, you know, November and get Turkey Night Grand Prix or something, you know, to get some laps in before we go to Chili Bowl in January. Um, but, you know, Keith's got, Keith said I've got a seat there whenever whenever I'm available and whenever we can figure this out so you know, let's just hope the seat's still there when uh, eventually the borders open up and we can get back over there and do some racing yeah too right it's not like you can even um, you know pop down here and, and run a, run some time at the springs or something because we're probably in the worst in a worse boat than the US really we're, we're locked down once again so um, yeah it's, it's a shame just to not even have you guys and Team GB missing as well and all sorts of things like that yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a couple of years before it gets back to normal. Um, you know, it's it's so hard. The biggest problem is as well, you know, if they let you into with a sports visa, they'll let you into America, but then you have to quarantine. So that adds like mm. two two weeks onto your to your trip to start, and then when you get back, you have to quarantine for ten days. When you get back, you know, it's just not feasible to do, especially you know trying to work and trying to earn a living as well to, to obviously you know keep on racing and, and keep the american thing going it's um it's extremely difficult and it's frustrating you know we've got two good cars sat there yeah you know two fresh motors all sat there ready to go and uh, we can't go and do anything let alone the drives with keith and you know keith coons is a, a world famous motorsports team midgets like you say buddy covoid rico abru um larson's been there crystal bell's been there you know to be in those cars and you know in that establishment with those guys as drivers is, is fantastic and so frustrating we're missing out on great opportunities yep yep and i know you probably get asked a fair bit um any unfinished business in new zealand one day oh, i'd love to come back um 
obviously 2019 they're going into 2020 I had uh, young Heidi was on the way so uh, we couldn't make the trip then um, but yeah definitely um, obviously great friends with the Joblin family I've got a lot of good friends in, in New Zealand um, so yeah definitely it's on the cards so I'd like to bring Heidi over and you know but if I come over I don't just want to do a flying visit like I did when I you know, obviously raced for Pete and did the teams with those guys it was a kind of a flying visit and when you get there, there's so many great people in New Zealand that you know you need to catch up with them stuff. And a flying visit, you can't do it all. So, um, like I say, Pete, the Reese family, um, Natai, and you guys that come over, Humphreys, you know, there's too many to list. Um, great people, do anything for you. Um, so yeah, if I come over, I'd like to come over, do it properly. Uh, you know, have a month or six weeks there, and um, probably do some midget racing, sprint car racing, and some some uh, super stocks as well. So. Be fantastic to eventually be able to get over and and uh, see everybody. And of course, plenty of uh, sightseeing with the with young Heidi as well too. Um, mate, Tom, it's it's been great talking to you. Um, I'll let you finish that beer because it looks like it's probably going warm, but apparently that's probably how you guys like it sometimes. Um, it's right, it's so great, you know. All, <laughs> all the best for the world final on on uh, I think it's Sunday our time. Um, it's a bug, it's a bit of a bugger. There's no live stream that we can't watch, but um, no doubt we'll be keeping track of the results. And yeah, mate, um, you know, may the best man win because I guess there's so many Kiwi favourites out there. But um, the grid's just unreal. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, like I say, it's a shame there's no live stream and and you guys can't be over here to you know watch it live and uh, be part of the atmosphere. So um, like I say, let's just hope we get this figured out soon and. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some videos to watch a couple of hours after the race, and uh, let's just hope it's exciting for you guys. I know you guys like a crash, so uh, let's hope there's plenty of action for you. Yeah, hope so, mate. Hey, you, uh, you have a good one, Tom. And uh, who knows, we may, we may do this again uh, in a few, in a week's time or something, um, recapping a, a, a third title. Yeah, that'd be good. Oh, let's, let's hope it's a third time, or we could be doing a recapping of uh, how it went downhill. <laughs> All good, mate. You, uh, you take care. Yes, thank you. See ya. See ya. Well, there we go. That's this week's Doing It In The Dirt show. And, um, yeah, what a great show having uh, Jonathan and Tom on board. And, of course, uh, you can check us out, npr.nz slash shows slash D-I-I-T-D for On Demand there. Or, of course, check us out on Spotify. Um, just search up Doing It In The Dirt. Well, till next week, we, um, we might have a different international flavour, but otherwise... Hope you enjoyed that one and uh, keep an eye out for those uh, world final results out there on Facebook land on Sunday morning.